This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the Heroes of HP12, the Wick and Wanderers podcast powered by the fans. I'm Michael Kenny, joined as usual by Dan Clark and Damien Farrar Hockley. On this week's episode, we break down another mixed week from the highs of a historic victory over Joey Barton's Bristol Rovers to the lows of a midweek cup exit against Sutton United. We also discuss a growing striker problem that might be solved by the time you hear this, as well as previewing this weekend's trip to Northampton. Let's kick off with the good stuff. This past weekend saw the snapping of the Saturday streak. Another immense Joe Lowe performance inspired the Blues to a 2-1 victory over Bristol Rovers, the latest in a growing line of wins over Joey Barton, a.k.a. Damo's best friend. But more importantly, the win represented an important first, the first weekend win of Matt Bloomfield's reign, something we've been waiting for for almost six months. Uh, Gents, a fine 2-1 win for the Blues, a much-needed Saturday win. What did you make of the performance? I was very happy with the result. Um, And the performance was the performance we needed on the day. Frustrate them a little bit, get under their skin, get... but getting the two-goal lead was it was vital, and um, I was very pleased to see that we were actually utilising Gareth McCleary for his pace in short periods, rather than playing the whole game, getting you tired, and not being able to affect the game. But yeah, as 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 the result goes, and the performance that we needed, it was it was all there, the whole package. Can I just say, well, hey, we've actually won on a Saturday. <laughs> How amazing is that? It was so nice coming off like that win actually feeling good on a saturday for a change oh, yeah um felt so so nice um but you know what it was all the hallmarks of a typical wickham performance when we win games like that um we had less possession uh it was gritty like you know the defending was resolute the the fight in the last 20 minutes yeah you know that 10 minutes and then the 10 minutes extra time was unbelievable and that's exactly what you want from the you know, from from the entire team, they were all fighting for it. Um, and you know, obviously, we we were clinical in front of goal. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, obviously, look, our goals have come from a defender and a, a winger, but you know, we took our chances. Um, and and do you know what? When Hanlon and McCleary came on, what an absolute breath of fresh air! They were the right substitutes at the right time. Previous weeks, we've actually spoken about substitutes being an issue and actually us not being able to gain our shape, and that. That actually seemed fixed on Saturday where those players came on and they added something different to the game, which is exactly what we need them to do. And that depth has given us, um, you know, this season should be given us. Uh, I mean, the fact that we've won that based on 30% possession is is even more sweeter against a team like Joey Barton's Bristol Rovers. Um, but, you know, you look at their fans on social media and they're unhappy with the fact that they're playing the ball around. There's no clinical kind of, they can't finish the ball. I mean, considering they had Collins up front and Marquis and, and all that, who were booting them in for fun over previous seasons. What a, you know, what a result that was. The fact that you go on their social media and you could see 
that they were they were very they were angry at their own team. It wasn't just the fact that Wickham had done this, Wickham had done that, and that is a a switchover from if you think about the last few years, every game has been we cheated. This was not all about that on their social media because I I. I'm a sad person and I'll literally do a deep dive into all their social media after a game, especially if we've won it. Um, and I was expecting literally cheat, 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 because that's what you usually get from them. But it wasn't that. They were angry at their own team. Um, on a, another positive note, I actually got to watch some Football League highlights this week because I never watch it when we, when we don't win. <laughs> I don't bother. <laughs> so I actually enjoyed that on Saturday night. <laughs> There was obviously they were obviously kicking off about the referee as well, um, who to be fair didn't have the greatest of games. But how many times do we moan about a referee having a crap game for well, you know, when when we're playing? Um, so the fact that kind of some decisions went our way, I think, was a massive plus. I mean, that just where Joe Lowe in the last minute saved saved us a definite goal with his ass. Um, you know, I think Chris Farino almost knocked out uh, one of their. Uh, attackers uh, in the meantime and the fact the referee if you actually watch the video back the referee turns just after it's happened so that's why he doesn't give anything mm. so it's basically down to pure luck that we didn't have a penalty given against us for that i think um he played the advantage because if you think about it, it fell to their man they got a shot off a miss right. so he's yeah, the advantage that is a point. and also um did you see the celebration of jolo after the block not necessarily his goal after the block, it was like he scored a goal. I think it's fair to say that he's written himself into folklore as, a, as an instant Wickham hero, Joe Lowe. I mean, what a performance. Uh, first with the goal, but also, you know, really, he saved he saved us with that last minute bum block, uh, evoking Danny Borman, perhaps, maybe, but looking a little bit better <laughs> in, in, in the process of doing so. That was against Bristol Rovers as well, you know. It was, yeah. There is something in the air when we play Bristol Rovers. And look, I mean, I, I'm, I'm like you, Damo. I, I, I go and have a look at, I go and have a gander at the, uh, the opponent's Twitter after, after the game, particularly when we've won for some good entertainment, get the popcorn ready. Um, I didn't see a lot of, you know, same old Wickham always cheating. Massive shout out as well to uh, to Matt and the team with some absolute fantastic shithouse tweetery uh, after the game. Sensational stuff. But um, I think the thing that I noticed more, I didn't see a lot of that same old Wickham always cheating. There, there did seem to be a bit of resignation in the air, particularly around Barton's comments. A lot of... You know, a lot of Rovers fans kind of just being like, just the same old kind of excuses. You know, possession doesn't win games. It's not particularly reflective of the performance. Um, You know, and and I do think they've got a point. I mean, we won the game. Okay, admittedly, the last 20 minutes was squeaky bum time for sure. But we won Mm -hmm. the game with 30% possession. I mean, and, and we've had Adam on the podcast before say, you know, look, games aren't won with possession. And this is the absolute case study uh for for that notion but yeah super impressed with jolo played like an absolute super villain on panto day you know really geeing it up for the old rovers being a former city boy himself but let's also talk about gareth mccleary as well 36 years old the padding's off that knee and he was running around the pitch like someone half his age the the impact uh, especially when him and hanlon came on they linked up so well for that goal um, and that that was the McCleary that you kind of see at the beginning of every other season when he started the season for us. Um, looks fresh, looks good, and I just, you know, more of that on a Saturday, and we'll be absolutely flying. And do you know what? Because we kind of look back to it, and Vokes, for example, I feel obviously we're now you know five five or so games in, and I feel Vokes is probably you know I say he's old, but he's the same age as me. Um, but he's getting to that age now that he is probably not so much your main goal scoring threat anymore. But then you've got McCleary, who's two years older and is still the same as if he was twenty six. So rejuvenated, I, yeah, it does, doesn't it? It really mm. does, and it's, it's nice. Um, yeah, he he was such a difference when he came on. Whether or not that's him being an impact sub going forward, who knows? But it's nice to have that in your arsenal, isn't it? 
Yeah, well, let's talk about Hanlon as well, because came on sub. I mean, literally last episode, we were talking about how Hanlon, uh, how Hanlon as a sub didn't have the impact that we were looking for. But this week was a completely different, uh, completely different game. We saw a completely different Hanlon, really turned it on seemingly against his former employers, looked sharp. I mean, we're going to talk about Hanlon later on for obvious reasons, but, but very impressed with him. Let's move on to some concerns obviously we saw injuries to to Tafazoli uh, and also to Dell Taylor joining Grimmer on the injury list really not good I mean particularly Dell Taylor we saw him stretch it off but also Taffer uh you know literally crawling off the pitch had to be helped um you know by by two physios um he's having an absolute torrid time isn't he well as Dan says a little while ago Taffer seems to be made of paper um doesn't take a lot I think Bloom said afterwards it it was an impact injury, wasn't it, or something like that? But if you're yeah, off the pitch, so. surely there's something more to it. Yeah, it seemed to be his ankle again, by all accounts. So it's whether that's a recur. I don't know whether it's a recurring injury or not, but there just seems to be something up that guy. I don't know what it is. It's just every, every he has two or three games about where he's just absolutely solid, and then all of a sudden he'll be down and out for a while. I, I just I just put it down to bad luck. I I mean I just I mean look yeah. we, we we joke and we say that he's made a paper and stuff, but you know these 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 athletes, you know, there's obviously something in his body that isn't you know isn't holding up, and uh, it's a real shame to see because when he's fit and when he's balling, you know, he's he's a really important part of our defensive solution, and to not have him gives us a real headache moving forward. And obviously, we're going to talk about the Sutton game in a bit. Um, I just want to quickly touch upon some other kind of concerns from the game as well. Um, interested to get your thoughts on this. We're going to talk in a lot more detail about our offence uh, and 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 how you know we seem to just be struggling to really kind of convert our opportunities because we had plenty of opportunities on Saturday. We had plenty of opportunities against Sutton. Those goals just aren't flowing, particularly from the areas that we need them to come from. But uh, came Vincent Young, uh, a lot. On Twitter, with regards to his recent performances, his early performances. Now, look, we need to preface this by saying very early days, right? Very early days for everyone on the side. But he's looked a bit shaky in his recent outings. What do you reckon? I said recently, he's not a defender. Play him as a winger, great. Cause, and we've talked about it later because he, he luckily played on the wing rather than right back on uh, in the game last night. But I just don't play him as a defender. Play play with a a experienced defender behind him, great, and let him go forward. But his positioning as a defender is shocking. And I think I would actually play, obviously Grimm's not going to be fit, play Jason McArthur behind him. That's what I would do. The thing we've got to bear in mind with Vincent Young is I believe he's still relatively young, I think. I don't know. Everyone looks old nowadays, or everyone looks too young nowadays. (laughs) That's because we're old. I can't ever tell people's age. (laughs) I think that's probably the case. Um, with Vincent Young, this is probably his first full season where he's deemed a first team regular. So he's adapting to that, whereas beforehand he's been maybe an impact sub or a bit, bit part player, that kind of thing. So he's probably adapting to that. Damo, you're 100% right. He is. I don't think he fits that right wing back role, but that's why we've got Jason McCarthy. Jason McCarthy fits right wing back. He played right wing back when he was at other clubs as well, and he did a good job there. So that's why he was up in the championship. Um, so, you know, came Vincent Young. I think have him as a right winger. Why not? He's He's got the ability to get the ball into the box. Um, at the moment, I think, you know, probably, you know, you, you've mentioned this, uh, Mike, but, you know, our... Our attack at the moment seems to be lacking something. You, you look at you, you look at the last few games, and our goals are coming from defence and midfield, which is ridiculous for a you know for a League One team that where we feel like we should be you know pushing for the playoffs. You need someone up front, that talisman or two, you know that will that will score your goals. So, you know, I think we need to get our attacking proposition right, and I think probably shifting Vincent Young. Up further is, you know, it's the start of a solution for that as well. The way you got to look at it is that um, people like McCleary aren't going to be able to go for, go forever. I don't know how long the, I don't know how long the deal that um, Vincent you know, has got is, but if he's here for two or three years and for the first couple of years he's got McCleary teaching him how to be a proper winger, 
that's, that can only be a good thing. He, he's 27 years old. He's not old. He's coming into his peak almost. And he could be the person we need to take over from Cleary when he eventually hangs off his boots. But he's got the pace to burn, hasn't he? Exactly, yeah. And he showed, he's shown a couple of times he can beat people down the, down the line and get across it. I just think that there's just a lot that's being asked of him at the moment. You know, we're, we're, we're coming up, you know, he, we're, he's stretched at the moment. And I don't think that there's enough support in the middle of the park to, to give him the time to, to get back, to then get back up. It's just, it, it's a tough job uh, being a winger, isn't it? Particularly when you're being asked to, you know, fill in at the back, move forward and create the chances up top. Um, I do think, I mean, look, we he was one of the most, for me, one of the biggest uh, signings of the summer. I was very excited to see him, particularly coming from Ipswich, who won promotion last season. I do think he'll come good. I think there's still an awful lot of this that we're sussing out, right? We're still working this out. Um, you know, he's also had, you know, injury concerns of his own. So there's probably question marks around, you know, his confidence and things like that, but not, you know, still very, very early days. Let's, let's move on to your mate, Damo, Joey, Joey Barton, uh, who, you know, if you're listening, uh, there's a new square to add to Joey Barton, <laughs> Wickham bingo, uh, sprinklers, uh, obviously the usual wouldn't want to pay to watch that would much rather pay to see the side that actually lost, um, you know, I know that you've got plenty to say. Uh, I'm going to give you the hot mic in a minute, but I, for me, you know, he's just he's not he's not someone to really take that seriously. Uh, and I just see a manager that really shows an inability to take blame or show that he's maturing as a manager. My contempt for him was a boiling point after his interview on Saturday. <laughs> right, so let's start with the pitch too dry. Whose fault was that? It's not ours. It, it, Wickham are the worst team to play on a dry pitch. What does that mean? No one knows. He knew what he was going to get. Clearly, he didn't know what he was going to get because he didn't deal with it, did he? <laughs> the best team lost. He clearly thinks he's Mourinho because that's the sort of comment he would come out. Uh, all the old tricks. That was another one that he used in the interview. All the old time tricks. wasting. You can't do it anymore. We've seen so many people getting bookings for time wasting. We can't. And also... Ainsworth isn't in charge anymore, you know? Um, and it, it, then he said, it's a bit of learning. It's a bit of learning. You know, clearly haven't lost. He can't have been good at school because he hadn't learned yet, has he? <laughs> and then I would not be happy to pay to t- watch the team lump it. We may have done that a couple of times on Saturday, but we haven't been lumping it half as much this season. We didn't have the ball to lump it. Oh, well, exactly. No, exactly. But my overall message to Joe Barton is change the bloody record. <laughs> Seriously. It's almost as if they... They, they couldn't actually catch up with him after the game on Saturday, so they just wheeled out one of last season's interviews because it's just the same thing. I just got, I just can't stand the guy. My message to Joey Barton is don't change it because, do you know what, every time you come out with the same crap and it never changes, we ended up beating them and then he comes out with the same old excuses. The sprinkler thing is just absolutely ridiculous. It's madness. Sitting there saying I was doing a rain dance, hoping the rain would come up from Bournemouth. Get real. I mean, if you're having to rely on rain. And and do you know what? He's talking about paying for a team to lump it. So in that game, Bristol Rovers lumped the ball forward 36 times successfully compared to Wickham's 19 times successfully. And the stats overall attempted long balls are relatively the same. But you know what? I, I posted something out after the game on Saturday and just said, you know what? Um, if you want to carry on doing that, that's fine because we'll beat you every time. Um, he does not yeah. think that his team is a problem. He obviously has a messiah complex. He's just keep the delusions up because it's every time we're we're going to trump you. We've got we had a game plan. That was the positive about Saturday is there was quite clearly a game plan. You know, even down to the minute detail, and the club can confirm whether this is wrong or not. But I believe the third kit is all red. The fact that we were wearing red top, white shorts, I don't think is a coincidence. So I even think down to that minute detail is getting in their heads and it, it works. And got in their heads, we absolutely did. Well, we look forward to seeing you uh, 
down the stretch, Joey, and uh, maybe we'll get rain next time. Uh, let's move on. Our midweek Adams Park return saw Blooms and his boys switch focus to not only progressing in the Carabao Cup, but now looking for consecutive wins for the first time since taking over back in February. Our opponents, Sutton United, had other plans, however, progressing to the third round with a narrow 1-0 win over a relatively strong home side. Uh, Damo, you were at the game along with about six other people. From what I heard and reports, it sounded like an incredibly frustrating game. Yeah, the atmosphere matched the uh, weather last night. It was just miserable. Um, we got the rain. Joe Bart would have been delighted with the uh, with the uh, <laughs> pitch conditions. It was slippery. But we started slowly. We, yes, we got McCleary into the game and he got a shot. He got through on goal and got a shot off a decent save by the keeper. But we had the same old Wickham trait of we were dragged down to their level. Um, it happens so often. And <laughs> we started off with a 5-3-2. Joe Lowe was on the left, uh, taking over from Taff. He'd been moving to the left of the three. And obviously Harry Boys. Joe Lowe looked like he'd never played on that side of the defence before. And Harry Boys, he's very, yes, like you said about Vincent Young, it's, a, it's early days. But it was the worst he's played in his short Wickham career. Um, and it was so he was taken off at our time. Um, the, the atmosphere with under 2,000 people was shocking. The Wickham fans were outsung by a few hundred Sutton fans. Um, people, some people tried to get it going. The drum was there. But just no, it wasn't picking up any traction. None of the songs were. Because the terrace was so sparse. People were crammed into the... Uh, Origin stand like sardines because they didn't open the, the main stands, the big stand, the woodlands. Mm. And it was just a generally miserable night until, and then at half time, we thought, okay, so we're only 1 0 down here. And then second half, Leahy came on for boys. We started being a bit sharper. But, and this is something that we need to really talk about, we had all the sharp play up until the final third, and then there was just no end product from anyone. I can't, I can't say anyone was brilliant at all because there, there wasn't anyone. Um, even when Wheeler came on, a couple, he had a couple of headers, which normally he'd at least get them on target and just nowhere near. We were toothless. And, that, and unfortunately, by about 85 minutes, everyone, even with quite a lot of injury time to come, it was one of those nights. We could have played all night and wouldn't have scored. Just looking at the stats, there. I mean, it's the same kind of story that we've been seeing, an emerging pattern of good performance, not so good performance, good performance. We're like a Jekyll and Hyde side at the moment, and it's it's just very, very strange to see. We got the win on Saturday, great, broken that hoodoo. We've obviously moved the curse over to midweek, that's not good to see. But I mean, look... We said earlier on that possession doesn't necessarily mean things, but looking at the stats from last night's game, 62% possession, I think we knew that we were probably going to dominate the ball against our, our lower league opposition. That was, you know, we kind of were expecting that. But 17 shots on goal, uh, four shots on target, no goals. You know, it's 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 the same old problem, isn't it? Dominating the ball, having plenty of opportunities and not finding a way to get it in the onion bag. But a positive is TJ. He came on last night and he was running around like a Jack Russell on steroids. He was literally flying around, hassling, hassling the, the... And they had some giants on the pitch, but there must have been four players, six, five plus in their team. But he was hassling around their feet. They couldn't deal with it. He was running at them. They couldn't deal with it. When he, ran, he got into the box, we should have had a clear penalty because he ran into the box, had the ball at his feet, probably was about to get a shot off and one of them just ran into him, pushed him over. The referee... Last night was a clown, so was the linesman on. The linesman on the, on the far side was all right, but the linesman who was doing our offsides and things like that, he was utterly useless and behind play all game. Um, but yeah, the one positive I'll take last night are two, Leahy and TJ. And they, they neither of them started, which showed in the first half. And and Wheeler back from injury as well. That's that's good to see. That was nice to see, yeah. It was nice to see. And he put himself about, don't get me wrong. Uh, they took They took Vokes off for him. Um, and made him the target man, and he played the role well. And uh, he's a bit more mobile than folks. Uh, that's that's one thing about him. But unfortunately, 
it's his first game back and his radar was a bit off in front of goal. I don't know what we need to do to overcome this. Um, you know, when, when we're the team that is expected to win a game, you know, say, for example, you know, we're going to play Cheltenham this season and we're going to play, um, you know, teams that you would expect to be at the bottom. Burton is a perfect example of that. We are going to dominate possession. Why is it in those games that we cannot put the ball in the back of the net? What do we have to change? Like, is there a mentality shift? What is it? Because on Saturday, you know, when we broke, we looked dangerous. Last night, obviously, you know, look, we've we've threatened a goal and Matt's talked about XG and everything like that. But I can tell you now from, from, I was listening in as well, there's absolutely no way we would have scored last night at all. Um, what what's the problem that's the question the moment you start wheeling out xg conversation i i, I switch off i've got no time for yeah, that i'm absolutely. gonna sound i'm, yeah, I'm gonna I sound don't. like cooper here i i just it's i can't mind the stats minus no stats. I, I mean look some people do point to it saying that you know you had these golden opportunities to score but ultimately at the end of the day we didn't even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points at the death. Who doesn't love a last minute winner? Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And uh, and that's the no. problem. Um, the one thing, you know, when I saw the, the lineup last night, not... I didn't assume we were going to win, like because that would just be blindly arrogant. I think last week we discussed it. We knew that this was going to be a potential banana skin. Uh, it was going to be a low-scoring affair. Sutton were going to come. They were going to be compact, and they were going to be looking to spring the upset. And ultimately, they did. We are mystic Megs. Um, but when I saw that lineup, I just thought, Do you know what? We're we're not messing about. We're putting out a strong side, and to see that we're having the same kind of problems that we had against Burton, albeit you know, conflated by the fact that we lost, um, compounded by the fact that we lost, is is even more bitterly disappointed by this one. The squad looked, you know, the squad looked like a like it was out there for the win. Um, you know, this all this TJ talk, you know, I know we've we've sung his praises on previous episodes. I would be looking to start TJ in games like these. I, I know, you know, the, we, need, we need to get our fringe players on the pitch and getting minutes, particularly if we've got a confidence problem up front because we huff, we puff, we just can't seem to find our way through. And look, you know, Voxy hit the post yesterday, came agonisingly close, and it is a game of margins, right? It's a game of inches. And the inches are the difference between the ball going in and not going in and confidence going up. And, you know, look, let, let's get into it. Let's get into the striker conversation because Voxy, you know, been a good servant the last couple of seasons and you know his his output particularly in his first season was was pretty good dropped off a little bit the season after and you know he's struggling he's struggling this season so far no goals and all of his efforts so far that we have noticed have been very speculative lots of kind of powerful drives outside the box indicative of a player who is really just looking for that moment of magic to spur him on it's not happening it's 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 frustrating to see. I you know, and and you said Dan um, on Twitter, you said the you know, could it be that his role is shifting? He's going to become more of the you know, the Bayo kind of capturing the ball and you know laying it off and and playing a more supportive role. But I would argue that he's kind of been doing that anyway since he's been with the club, working you know in a complementary role with our other attacking options. Um, Again, we need to preface this by saying it's so early in the season, but the fact that our top scorer, Joe Lowe, with three goals, and when you know, and Dale Taylor won, injured, you know, what do we what do we need to do? What needs to happen? Just on the Vokesy subject, 
last night he was starting to do things that I hadn't seen him do before. He was, I know it's extremely different levels, but if you ever seen Harry Kane when he drops back and comes a link up play between tries to make something happen. Yeah, yeah. Folks, yeah. he was doing that because there was nothing mm. happening. McCleary was basically playing up front on his own with Vokes behind him at times. But then I was seeing Vokes trying to play 40-yard balls and it was just going nowhere near the, his target. He's not that sort of player. It's, that's not his um, job. No, it's not. But he was trying to... He felt. I think he felt like he had to do it because there was nothing coming their way. Um, it's, it's frustrating. And do we know anything about Dale Taylor's injury, by the way? How long is he going to be? Yeah, so I believe that... Um... They are still assessing it. He's had a, I think he's had a tear, and it depends on how deep it's gone. I mean, the fact that Northern Ireland have called him up must be quite reassuring. But yeah, um, but I think they're still assessing. I think they don't know at the moment because he looked like he could could be the answer to playing off folks Um, a couple of times. They linked up quite well um, in the uh, late Orient game. Certainly, they did that. But um, as I say, if we've lost him. We're going to have to start playing someone like TJ Shawley up alongside someone. The problem we have is that I don't think Bloomfield's actually determining what TJ's best position is. I mean, even I don't know what TJ's best position is. I, I don't think many people do. And we need to determine that because is he a number 10? Is he a winger? Is he, does he play up front? You know, what does he do? But, you know, you, you've spoken then about Vokes dropping in and doing that kind of hurricane thing where he, you know, makes things happen and comes a bit deeper to make things happen. For me, that's where his strengths are. And that that's, you know, him bringing the ball down and then bringing others into play is where Sam Vokes is at his best at the top because he starts the, he starts the, you know, the attacking phase. Where, where we lack at the moment is we can't put the ball in the back of that is the simple ends products that's that's what we're missing at the moment and dale taylor yeah that might come in time but um i don't think we've even worked out how to supply dale taylor best at the moment and that's that's the issue is we're only five games in it's still relatively fresh they're still still trying to get to know each other but you know we're in a critical time now in the next 10 games where we really need to kind of start making that click otherwise that starts to define our season as teams break away you know at the moment a win we're near the playoffs but another couple of losses and we're back down the relegation zone again so you know we're getting to that point now where we need to start making that work we've got system issues but we've also got personnel issues i mean the rumors Mm. are absolutely a buzz on the internet at the moment and it's looking pretty certain and pretty set that we're going to be saying goodbye to uh to brandon hanlon who looks set to to leave for wrexham now in in the post-match uh interview afterwards blooms was very diplomatic very careful about the words that he chose to use to describe the situation. And and we're going to be careful as well in, in how we uh, address it, because I don't want to, uh, well, I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, and, and to, you know, saying things that aren't true isn't, you know, it's, we don't want to be like the rest of the internet, but um, if it was the case that he kind of pulled some strings to make sure that he wasn't playing to, either force the move or, you know, to get the space to get to Wrexham to, to, to get that move through. Um, highly unfortunate. Blooms looked very frustrated last night. I thought his body language said everything. Uh, in the yeah. interview, Phil Catchwell asked, asked a question and he looked at the ground and he just looked genuinely, his shoulders dropped as if he feels a bit betrayed by him. Um, I don't know the full ins and outs, so I can't say anything for definite, but it looks like it was, the decision was taken out of his hands. And he basically shut down the question almost as quickly as I asked. He looked angry. That was the first time I've seen Bloomfield like that. Um, and for me, that doesn't suggest that doesn't suggest something um, other than something's gone array there. I can't yeah. imagine for a second, based on how this recruitment window's gone, that the owners would make that decision and very, very last minute. Because last night we could have done with a Brandon Handler, not like he was on Saturday. That I think yeah. that might have been a yeah. difference. Um, and I think, and I think Blooms knows that as well. Um, I can't imagine that they would sit there and go last minute decision. Right, Handler's out, the squad is off. Um, I, I just I, I can't see it because you know at the end of the day they're they're all about the results on the pitch. That's what matters. It it does feel like it's it's 
maybe more personnel related. Um, just looking at how Bloom's worded his answer, as you said, Michael, he was very, very diplomatic about, but you can read between the lines. The fact he was saying, as a manager, you have to think on your feet, that suggests a last minute decision, which suggests something's happened, that he had a game plan set out that probably involved Brandon Hanlon, and he had to change that last minute. And you think about it from Hanlon's perspective at the moment, he's probably on the fringes of the first team. And if he drops down to League Two, he's going to be a first team player. And especially if they're paying paying a fee for it in a squad where he's probably going to be in a Disney documentary next year and he's going to score a few goals. So so this is what I wanted to to bring up. You know, Hanlon, by, it looks set, right, that, that he's going to be leaving for Wrexham. And, and as you said, he's going to be on Disney Plus next season. Um do you can you can you kind of begrudge him but at the same time this his actions let's say you know reading between the lines he has acted the way he has does this potentially put a bit of a a sour note on his on his time with the club i'm hoping that he hasn't forced him through and maybe the uh, the deal and his agent may have forced Bloom's hand it wasn't the player just because i've met him a couple of times he seems like a nice guy and i don't think he'd do that there again, I don't see him in behind closed doors. They're probably offering more wages than we are as well. And, you know... It's an exciting just, project. Yeah, he's probably, he's, he's probably just looking at it and going, this could further my career, you know, I'll get more more exposure. He's not old either, you know, he's got a lot, a lot of playing to do. And if he gets exposure through a Disney documentary or, or is their first choice and scores a lot of goals, you know, who knows where he could go. If, um, look, at the end of the day, you're right. They're probably going to offer him better wages. They're offering it. They're offering a fee for him. I mean, if we get a fee for him, considering how much we pay for him in the first place, you know, that's a great deal for us. Um, and the fact he's going to be on Disney, and the fact he's in the team that's touted for promotion and things like that, you know, fair enough. If that's what he wants to go for, is guaranteed first football, then great. Um, if considering Bloom's body language and relative I, I would say it'd be fair to say anger in his voice because there was anger in his voice in the interview last night if that's how you've made a manager whether regardless of whether that's an agent or a player for me you know if that if that is what's happened see you later I, you know we want people that play for the want to play for the club that have the right attitudes if he Absolutely. doesn't end up going to Wrexham and that is the case where there is an attitude problem then that's 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 a problem within the uh, within the first team, and you can't you can't tell me that you know players like JJ and all that the generals in the changing room are going to be happy with that kind of upset within within the how close knit and a family that the the players are regarded to be. You know you don't you don't want that. Let's let's talk about some more positive stuff that's going on with the club. So obviously, given the injury to to Dale Taylor, given our goal scoring problems that we've had early season, given the fact that we're probably going to be losing Hanlon. Uh, the rumours the rumors are rife in other areas. Uh, we could be seeing a very emotional return to the club. I mean, we, we, we've said time and time again, yeah, let's, let's not get ex-players back to the club, but it's looking um, very likely, um, which is a surprise that we could be saying hello to uh, to Big Uche, Uche Ikpiezu, who could be re-signing uh, for the club after an unsuccessful spell in Turkey. Uh, what do we reckon of this? Uh, are we excited? Is he the solution to our striker problem? When we first had him and when we got relegated from the championship into League One, I said he's going to tear up League One. And for the first couple of weeks before he went off, he did. Um I think I just think he'll be the same again. Once we get him fully fit, get him integrated into the team, I think he'll be he'll. I'm not going to say he's going to be the you know, you know the golden ticket to us surging up the league, but I think he'll 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 be a spur a spur and he'll score a few more goals than I think Vokes will. If it is a case that Hanlon's going, he's an upgrade on Hanlon. Um, he just provides a lot more and a goal scoring threat than, than Hanlon did. Um, so if we can get a fee for Hanlon, if that is happening and get Ike Piezo on a, th- on a free, <laughs> I'd see that as a great piece of business. I think it's, it's phenomenal, uh, especially considering, you know, to be fair, look, he didn't set the world alight at Cardiff and, and what have you, but the fans loved him. He did score a few goals 
uh, to drop down into League One. You're right, Domo. He, he probably would set it alight. Obviously, he's had his injury issues in Turkey. That's, that's That goes without saying, but Wickham's very much a fixer club, isn't it? So if he comes back in, he's, a, he's in, a, in an environment that he's comfortable with, that he loves, um, and has publicly stated that he loved his time here, then why not let him thrive? Give him a season you know, benefits us. And then if he moves on next season, he moves on next season. But for me, I, I, he's free. He's on a free. We're not paying a fee for him. It's a no brainer for me. I think I'm mixed, although potentially leaning more positive than negative. Uh, I mean, we saw, we saw Uch in, in the championship. Uh, I had the pleasure of being there for a few of the games at Adams park when he played. Um, Mixed, particularly in the early season. It took him a while to get going. I know that he had some early season injury problems in that championship season. But as you said, Damo really came good towards the end of that season and looked like an absolute killer uh, in, in the final few games where we did unfortunately go down. But if we'd had him fitter earlier on in the season, you know, given our form at the end of that season, I reckon we, we it could have been a very different story. Uh, yeah, did very, you know, and, and it was a shame that we kind of lost him when we did, but it kind of made sense. I mean, all you need to do is just look at his Wikipedia. He's he's quite happy to, to move on as and when the right opportunities come up. You can't really begrudge a player that. Um, personally, I like it when you get players that stay for a little bit, kind of maybe longer than six months. But um, I'm I think that there's unfinished business there. And I'd be absolutely delighted if he signed. I do think that he really would add uh, a physicality to our forward line that's been missing since Bayo. Um, so I'd be very excited to see that again. Um, and, you know, I think at this level, he's proven. I mean, he had that fantastic season uh, for Cambridge a few years ago where he, where he really tore it up. Um, so, yeah, I'd be interested to see how he does the the one the reason why I've got cause for pause is the fact that you know he picked up a few injuries when he was here um and again it's hard to judge though because the championship is just such a different beast but I saw firsthand he was getting muscled off the ball quite easily quite quickly you know he went to Cardiff he went to Middlesbrough he he stayed around the championship for a little bit longer before going to Turkey you know was absolutely hopeless in Turkey so is what's the confidence like at the moment? Because if it's low, if he's basically got the same confidence level as Voxy, we're, we're not really solving the problem. We're just putting a different peg in and hoping for a different result. It's not down to his confidence level. I think that will only grow. If the rumour mill is correct, he has turned down Sheffield Wednesday to come towards us. That means he wants to play for the club. We were talking earlier about Hand and, and Tele wanting to play for the club. If he wants to play for the club, he comes back and he's comfortable. It's only going to make him happier and a couple of decent performances will, will grow his confidence sky high. I mean, look, obviously, Hanlon is, is a rumour. I'm, I'm going on the basis of how Bloom's reacted last night. That's pure my basis of, of determining whether or not he wants to play for the club. If he does, great, fine, fair enough. But if he doesn't, then see you later. Um, I think you're right. You know, Ucho seems to have turned down Sheffield Wednesday. Um, they had talks with him, and he's said no by all accounts. And these are, you know, reputed Sheffield Wednesday journalists that are, are saying that he's close to a deal with Wickham here. So he's quite obviously wants to regenerate his career with us. Um, you know, I think he had torrid time with wage problems and injuries in Turkey. You know, maybe this is exactly what he needs. And dropping down the level to score an absolute bundle. Why not? He feels he's going to be up to it. As I say. At the moment, is he the solution? Who knows? We we really don't know. But at the moment, we need a solution. And you know, signing a striker that would in England was last in the championship for me sounds like a decent bit of business. And he's on a free as well. Exactly, nothing to lose there. Love a bit of free business. Well, time will tell. Uh, we'll see what our lineup looks like come this weekend. Uh, onwards and hopefully upwards. We travelled to Northampton at the weekend for a first league game at this level against the Cobblers in over 20 years. I know. Promoted via the Automatics last season, John Brady's bunch have transitioned fairly well to life back in League One, enjoying back-to-back victories over Peterborough and Cheltenham in recent weeks. Uh, Guys, it's been a long time since we've played Northampton in any league fixture. So 20 years since we played uh, League One level. It's been seven years since we met them 
uh, back in League Two. Uh, given, you know, again, another mixed bag week, you know, the win at the weekend, the, the disappointment recently at the midweek. Uh, what are you hoping to see? What lessons are you hoping that Blooms and the bunch have taken from this? Do you also think that we're going to stick with that same 5-3-2 formation? He's going to stick with it, isn't he? I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's what he's trying, and that's what he wants to work. You know, we've we've. I, I don't think we can go to a four because, I, you know, look, we've got McCarthy who can play it right back, and we've got Leahy who can play it left back, and and JJ as well when he's back fit. But you know, he's got something that he wants to work and go for it. I just, I, we need to find the right pegs for the right holes. Um. He'll stick with the five three two, but it's dependent on how Northampton come out during the day. You know, they they seem to be kind of similar form to us. They seem to have started okay, um, considering they've come up from last season. I think it's going to be quite a tough game. Um, but then you look at Northampton in previous seasons. We seem to have these games where we play them at six fields, and we we have a route against them like three nil, five one, four nil, like previous 4-1 sorry previous games 3-0 like we seem to score quite a few and I remember my games where I go to Sixfield I always tend to remember scoring an absolute bag of goals so hopefully history repeats itself nicely on Saturday but I am anticipating a very tough game. It's interesting you say he'll stick with the 5-3-2 because for the last 15-20 minutes last night against Sutton we went to a 4 and 3-0 played right back and it actually didn't look too bad, you know. There was a bit more of a structure to it. Um, I think it it was needs must last night. I I agree with you. I think he will stick with the five three two. But just you know, I think it's in the back of his mind that it, we can switch uh, to a four four two. Interesting record uh, against Northampton is is a bit spotty. Lots and lots of draws. We have no idea what to expect. I mean, they did very well last season, um, but we've not played them in a in a really you know honestly competitive game in, in such a long time. I think I'm more focused on what we're going to look like. And yeah, I absolutely uh, I, I accept, and I actually think it's it. I would expect Blooms to persist with the three five two uh, the five three two formation. I mean, with with five games in, this this needs to be given more time. You're not going to just immediately change that system because it's not worked for a few games. And look, let's say we've got Uch and, and Voxy by the weekend, which is probably being a little unrealistic. But hey, you never know. You know, that's a completely different looking side straight away just with that addition. So I, I don't expect that to change. I don't either. Um, I think he's very determined on what he wants to work and that's that's how he wants it to work. Hopefully Boys overcomes his uh, crap game last night and plays like he has been the rest of the season because uh, he, for me, is a, is a massive difference when he plays that left wing back role. He's, he's ace. Um, so, but do you know what? Let's let's see what happens. It's I, I'm anticipating a draw based on the amount of draws that we've had in the past and to be honest with you, uh, if we go for the last four games and we have eight points out of 12, I'll be very happy with that. Can we win two games in a row on a Saturday? Yeah, It's not, a get, not out of the realms of possibility, but um, I, I'm with you, Dan. I, I, I think we're going to get a score draw, possibly two or is my prediction for Saturday. Yeah, I, I think I think they've looked very impressive the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, the, a win over Peterborough. Uh, you know, that's not something to sniff at, and and they've also been quite hard to score against as well. You know, they've kept clean sheets in their last two games. Uh, you know, the, the last time they shipped goals was against Lincoln, who are free scoring. So, really hard to know what to expect. Uh, it's always hard at this level, isn't it? Um, you're going, so you're both going score draws. Do you know what? I'm actually probably going to join you. Uh, I think I'd be happy with a one all. It's not particularly ambitious, is it? I absolutely always hate saying that, you know, I'd be happy with a draw. But, you know, I'm just looking to, to not lose at this point. I, I, we need consistency. We need something to build upon. Um, and also, you know, something that we need to address as well is obviously with the Cambridge game being uh, postponed due to the international call-ups, we're going to have uh, a period where, you know, look, obviously want games where we can, you want regular games, right? It's good for the crowd, good for the fans, good for the, uh, you know, to get things going. But this is important, valuable time where we can rest, recoup, recharge those batteries, finesse the game plan and come back stronger and sharper, right? Totally. I'm actually happy the Cambridge game's postponed purely because of 
the injuries to Grimmer, to Taylor, to Taft, to everyone. As much as I want that regularity of games, I just think it's so nice that we can have a week off, especially just after the window closes, have a couple of weeks. We need that bedding in time. And if we can do that a couple of weeks on the training pitch, we saw what not having a Tuesday game did uh, on Saturday. Uh, we saw the difference it made. And I think actually that more time with the ball on the training pitch, it's another week where players are closer back to fitness. It it can only do us good. I know, look, you know, we, we're supposed to be competitive in depth, but let's take that advantage where we can. Yeah, totally agree. We um, a couple of players, and I hate to keep going back to him, but Bokes looked tired last night. He played Saturday, he played again last night. Um, the older players especially will, will appreciate the rest. I know we've got quite a few more fresh faces in our team at the moment, but it will certainly do, do our older players better to have a week off. Let's lock this down before we go. So what are we going prediction-wise, Dan? Yeah, I'm going to go 1-1. I'm going to go 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, I'm going to meet, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Dan. I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. So there we go. Nice, ambitious score uh, predictions there. Uh, let's let's see what happens. Hopefully something to build on. Uh, and that will do it for this week. Thanks for joining for another episode of the Heroes of HP12. If you haven't already, please subscribe on Spotify. And if you're loving the podcast, help us out by leaving a five-star review. You can follow us on Twitter at Heroes of HP12. You can follow Adam at APCWWFC. Hope you're having fun in Devon. Dan at Dan Clark PR. And Damien at Damo1507. We'll be back next week with more discussion on all things Chairboys. Until then, stay well and come on, you blues. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.